Hello, this is Cars 101. I'm your host, Siddhartha Shandrakar. Let's get started. Album 1, Episode 1, Pilot. Cars 101 is a podcast for everyone, whether you are a car enthusiast or know absolutely nothing about cars. We just want to show off to your friends. Well, why should you listen to my podcast rather than every other car podcast? I do something that no other podcast does. I literally simplify the world of cars, allowing anyone to learn a ton, guaranteed. Just for your information, this first episode does get a little basic, but is helpful and important. If you already know how a car works and the history of cars, you can skip. If you don't know, you should probably keep listening. Although I'd enjoy it if you could listen to every episode, the next three albums are made so that you can skip through and find cars you'd like. Tons of people love hypercars like Bugatti and Pagani. I will have episodes for those cars, but you should probably also listen to the ones on Toyota and Honda, because those are excellent cars. Maybe not as interesting, but still excellent cars. Maybe skip the one on Kia, though. I mean, no hate to anyone who has one, but I just think there are better choices for cars in that price range. Now back to the main point. I dropped 10 episodes per album for a reason. You should pick and choose. Now, those are the main albums. I do other albums on the side for people to ask me questions or just straight up talk cars. If you would like to do that, please DM me on Instagram at SiddharthFader35. S-I-D-D-H-A-R-T-H- V-A-D-E-R-3-5. I couldn't care less if you followed. Any questions or if you want to talk with me, hit me up. Love meeting new people, especially ones who share interests with me. Next, I use the Imperial system. I'm sorry, I know most of the world uses metric, but I'm American and I believe most of my viewers will be American. Therefore, I'm using the Imperial system. I love feedback. If you would like to give me feedback for my next albums, DM me on Insta. Please give me feedback. My feelings won't get hurt if you don't like it. I just want to know how I can get better to make this as enjoyable as possible for everyone. What is a car? Now, I know this is an extremely basic question, but a car is a four-wheeled motor vehicle. Some are powered by an internal combustion system, some by an electric motor, some even by both. An internal combustion engine is a heat engine where the ignition and combustion of fuel occurs within the engine. After, the engine partially converts the energy from the combustion to work. And the engine pushes the piston, which rotates the crankshaft through a system of gears in the powertrain, which drives the wheels. Holy moly, wasn't that a lot of gibberish. Let's define these terms. Ignition literally means setting something on fire, so when you put the key in the ignition, you are setting something on fire. Now, in formal words, I'll call it starting the air-gas combustion. Combustion is the process in which you release energy. The energy in the engine converts the energy burned from the air and gas mixture to work. Now, what is a cylinder and a piston? Inside each cylinder, you find a piston. Easy enough, right? The piston transfers exploding gas to the crankshaft. Each piston is connected by a rod that moves it up and down. Air and fuel are combined and pulled into the cylinder. The cylinder then compresses the combination. A spark ignites it and you have power. The resulting gases from the combustion drive the engine piston forward. The more cylinders, the more combustion. More movement turn turn the crankshaft to move the car at a higher performance. That's the reason why an eight-cylinder car is faster than a four-cylinder car. What is the crankshaft? The crankshaft transforms the linear motion of the pistons into a rotational motion. 
it rotates using a series of cranks and crank pins, why it's called crankshaft, in which the connecting rods are attached. Gears transmit the power from the crankshaft to the drivetrain that powers the wheels. When you shift gears, you match the engine speed to the speed you want to be traveling. Gears are, of course, in the gearbox, which we also call a transmission. More gears mean a larger overall ratio spread, and this means that acceleration improves for a quieter drive, and the engine works at its most optimal power level. Next, the drivetrain is a group of components that deliver power to the wheels. A steering wheel's rotation is converted into the movement of the wheels. The awesome thing about cars is that the steering wheel rim turns a long way to move the road wheels a short way. In order to steer a heavier car using light force, how do brakes work now? Cars move through kinetic energy and brakes have to stop that. They use friction to convert the kinetic energy into heat and when the brake pedal is hit, a connected lever pushes a piston to the cylinders. You just learned how a car works. Now. Some more important terms you need to know. When people say, oh, this engine is a V8, the V means the arrangement in which the cylinders are in, they look like a V. It has four cylinders on one side and four cylinders on the other. When people say a three liter engine, the liters is the unit in which the volume of all the cylinders is expressed. A quick tip is that Manufacturers round up numbers. In Aston Martin, if an engine is a 5.9 liter V12, they round up to 6.0 liter V12. I mean, it just sounds better. If you say your car has 6.0 of the 6 liter V12, oh, well, I sound like I have a better car than a 5.9 liter V12. It just sounds more powerful and it's a better marketing tool. I understand it. Now, next. Rear-wheel drive means that the power from the engine is delivered to the back wheels. Front-wheel drive is power from the engine is delivered to the front wheels. All-wheel drive means that the power is delivered to all the wheels, making better grip. Hence why AWDs, or all-wheel all drives, can go through snow and off-road. Now, rear-wheel drives are pretty much the only drive that can really drift. So if you love drifting, then you can only get a rear-wheel drive. Horsepower is the rate at which the engine or motor outputs. So horsepower is not equal to the power of one horse. Rather, it is equal to the power of 14.9 horses. But isn't that weird? It's about 746 watts per horsepower. You don't need to know that. I'm just, you know, telling it to you. Torque is the rotating force produced by the crankshaft. More torque, the greater the ability to do work. Torque is in the unit's pounds feet. Basically, one pound foot is the torque created by one pound of force acting at a perpendicular distance from one foot of, from a point. Miles per gallon is how many miles that a car can go per gallon of gas. A turbocharger is a pair of fans that harness waste, exhaust power, from the back of an engine to cram more air into the front, creating better pickup. A turbocharger forces more air into the cylinders each second so they can burn fuel at a faster rate. A turbocharger is simple and relatively cheap that can get more power from the same engine. A supercharger, however, is an air compressor that increases the pressure of air supplied to the engine. This gives each intake cycle of the engine 
more oxygen, letting it burn more fuel and do more work, thus increasing power. Last piece of complex vocabulary, but this is also important. Two-stroke and four-stroke engines. You don't need to worry about this now, but when I explain history in the following episodes, you might need to know this. A two-stroke engine uses a compression stroke where a port opens up. The air-fuel mixture enters the chamber and the piston moves upwards, compressing this mixture. And once the spark plug ignites the compressed fuel, the power stroke begins. And it has two strokes. So, ironically, the four-stroke engine I'd say has five strokes in one operating cycle. The first stroke is the intake stroke where the air-fuel mixture fills the combustion chamber and the air-fuel mixture gets sealed inside the cylinder. The compression stroke is when the trapped air-fuel mixture is compressed, the process where something is reducing a charge from a large volume to a short volume. In the cylinder, the charge is the volume of the mixture and allows more energy to be released when ignited. The compressive force allows heat to be generated and the mixture turns into vapor to produce faster combustion after ignition. The ignition event occurs when the charge is ignited and combusted to release heat energy. Next, the power stroke allows expanding gases to force the piston away from the cylinder head. Piston force is transferred through the connecting rod applying torque to the crankshaft which initiates crankshaft rotation. Torque is determined by the pressure of the piston, the size of the piston, and the engine throw. Finally, the exhaust stroke occurs when gases are being expelled from the combustion chamber into the atmosphere, and now one operating cycle has been completed. Next, the history of cars. In 1886, German inventor Carl Benz made the Benz patent motor wagon. It was $150 and was a gasoline-powered two-piston engine. It was only three-wheeled and had 1.5 horsepower. Were cars very popular back then? No. The first established modern motor car was the Daimler. Daimler became Mercedes over time, and in the Mercedes episode, you will see that. And in 1908, Henry Ford came out with the Model T and everything changed. Cars were produced from the masses and completely replaced horse-drawn carriages. By 1913, the United States produced 485,000 of the over 600,000 cars in the world. The Model T was four cylinders and had 20 horsepower. It also sold for $825, which was a lot back then. By the 1930s, European cars came into the picture. However, they stopped. Some cars, like Audi, had to... Uh, make military cars, but after the war, war reparations had to be paid, so a lot of the factories were reduced, bought out, etc. The car companies just, some of them ran out of business, but there was a boom in car brands being introduced a few years later. It's called the age of the classic cars. Beautiful and high-performing cars were being made. Some are worth over $60 million right now. People from all around the world started making cars. Races such as Le Mans were created, which still goes on today. It's a 24-hour race between the fastest of the fastest cars. Starting in the 1990s, people started to see the environment in a new mirror. So, the Toyota Prius was created.
Toyota Prius is a hybrid. Uh, hybrid is a car with an electric motor and an engine. So the motor stores a bunch of batteries. The batteries charge through braking and the internal combustion engine. Then electric cars were made, powered by solely a motor. Electricity is stored in a battery pack to power an electric motor to turn the wheels. Electric cars, I mean, it could be worse for the environment, depending on where your electricity is coming from. If your electricity is coming from a coal power plant, it, it, it's disgusting. It's horrible. Uh, there's no reason why you should buy an electric car. But if it is made from solar cells or wind power, it is completely clean. So you should see where your electricity comes from. All right, cool. We pretty much know the basics and the history. The next episode is on Honda and Acura, its history and how it is today. And thank you.